0: Hello, guys, and welcome to Hudson Premier League 23rd match day after some postponed games, League Cup games. And we are back with Tom Rennie. How are you, Tom?
1: I'm doing all right, though. I'm a bit disappointed that last night I might be one of the only people in the world that wasn't watching uh, Tottenham against Leicester because I was working on the Man United game against Brentford. Uh, And so I'm disappointed to have missed the greatest comeback in football history. But there you go. I'll get over it. Berhuis,
0: Berhuis, what hey. two goals, what a... <laughs>
1: Always like
0: <laughs> it. Yeah, even watching the highlights is worthy for that game. was a crazy one. Uh, so let's see what we have. We don't have title race, but there are many other stuff to analyze and to bet. So guys, leave a comment below with your tips, predictions, comments, whatever. And don't forget to press the like and subscribe. Let's go on now with the show. So you do know what Ravnik uh, told to Cristiano, no? Uh,
1: Yes, he said, you're 70 years old, so you can't play anymore. This game is won. Please sit down. And Ronaldo said, well, what about my Instagram followers? They're going to be furious. It was a whole thing. Mm, Okay,
0: well, not, not very important, let's say. It is more important, the game on Friday. This is a crucial one. What for Norwich? We look at the the standings and Norwich, they are not now bottom. It's true Uh. that uh, Newcastle and Burnley, they have uh, many games in hand. But if Norwich win this game, they will be out of the bottom three. Who can tell this uh, some weeks ago? But uh, still, Tom, if we check the odds, uh, what for? They are favourites.
1: Yeah, this is an extraordinary game. Extraordinary game, a vital game uh, in that battle to avoid relegation because the points tally to stay up, it's usually 34, 35 points. 40 is a myth uh, that you need 40 to stay up. History tells you around 35 is okay. This year, I would suggest 30 points will keep you up in the Premier League. Incredibly low because of how poor the teams in the bottom four, bottom five are. Um, For Watford... Made a bunch of new signings, as they often will, and they put in a decent performance at Newcastle last week. But it's the old campaigners who came to the fore, including Joao pedro who was so good for them in the championship last season, uh, but has struggled in the Premier League through fitness issues, form issues, whatever. Brilliant goal to level that up at 1-1. Important point as well, because it got Watford the point they required, but also stopped Newcastle winning. Mm-hmm. So Newcastle have still only won one match this season. The longer that goes on, the longer that narrative hangs in the air, the tougher it's going to be for any Newcastle side, whomever they buy, to get out of danger. But I've always backed Watford and I continue to back Watford to stay in the Premier League. Why? Because they have offensive threat, Even without Ishmael Assar, who remains injured uh, at this moment in time, Though should be back uh, reasonably soon, we are told. Maybe in the next couple of games, maybe by the next game week after the FA Cup, he could be back. But they've got Emmanuel Dennis, they've got Gial Pedro, they've got Sissoko, um, they've got so many players that get forward, get bodies forward, create chances, uh, and that I think is what saves you in the end when draws in the final ten games of the season become a bit inconsequential. It's all about three pointers. Better to win one and lose two uh, than draw two and then lose one. You know, so th- that's what I think they will do, and that's what I think they'll do in this game for Norwich. Um, If you'd have followed my tips this season, you have won 14 bets on Norwich. Um, Last week, you would have lost because inexplicably they beat Everton. I did say it was a bit in the balance last week, but I followed the plan. Uh, I would have lost a little bit last week because even I didn't think Everton were going to be that bad. Like, I thought they'd be bad, but I didn't think they'd be so bad to lose against Norwich City. Were Norwich good? No, not really, not really. to be honest. They weren't. The first goal was an appalling piece of defending from Michael Cain from the cross on the right. And the second was just as bad. Edu um, up front had a terrible touch and turned the ball home, but still got away with it. And they won it 2-1. Um, look, I think Norwich have got better under Dean Smith. They've got a good manager now. They're better organised. They're working harder. They look like a team who believe they can stay in the Premier League. But in the end, I think it's quality that wins out. In this particular game, you look at one team in Watford who have got one point in five games. You look at one team in Norwich, one win in five games. 14 points for one team, 13 for the other, but Watford have played a couple of games left. So it's a bigger game for Norwich than it is for Watford, which makes me err on the side of draw. In this game, Mm -hmm. which you can get for around three and a half, three and a half. I think they will go up to four by the weekend. If you want to double chance it, then you would take Watford and you would take draw because you never, ever bet on a Norwich win. That is a rule (laughs) to live by for this season. But these games often end up nervy. Whoever's winning, they drop too deep. Whoever's losing, they go incredibly cavalier. We saw it last week in the Newcastle game. I think we'll see it again here. Draw both teams score.
0: We've seen draws actually between the teams in the bottom four of the standings. Also, Newcastle Norwich, for instance. So, draw or what for, guys? Never, ever, ever bet on Norwich. Uh, Both teams to score for what for and Norwich is Emvila's prediction for this game. And the next one is Everton, Aston Villa. Actually, Everton, they can get in trouble uh, of relegation if they continue to be that bad. Poor Rafa, he's uh, unemployed now, looking for a job. Jobless, what to say about Rafa? And we don't know yet the manager of Everton. We do know that Aston Villa also is struggling to win games. At least they got a point in Coutinho's debut, maybe also. I don't think so, no, but maybe we see even Luis Suarez <laughs> uh, <laughs> together with ooh. Steven Gerard again. Oh, yes. this one, the odds also suggest a draw here. Two teams uh, in struggling right now.
1: That's my favorite bet as well. Uh, I think that draw, double chance it with Villa is the most likely outcome. Wouldn't back Everton despite the change of manager. Look, don't hire a manager the fans hate. I mean, I, I know football executives tend to be a little bit, you know, hard of thinking at times because they're playing with house money. But don't hire a manager the fans hate on day one. It was always going to end this way with Rafa Benitez. I'm surprised it ended this way after five months, uh, but it always, was always going to end this way. But that Norwich game, it was truly atrocious. And there's been so many this season. They have had injury issues. They have had a lack of investment in the squad compared to, to other times, though they have spent about $50 million, um in this, this transfer window, $40 million or so on two fullbacks. So, I think that Everton under Duncan Ferguson will show renewed application. They did last time Big Dunk was in charge. I think most people are afraid not to put maximum effort in for Duncan Ferguson. And you can absolutely see why that would be the case. So they'll have motivation in this game. Goodison will not be the, the horrible atmosphere. I'm told it's been all season long because of Rafa Benitez. He won't be getting fans asking for the manager to be gone as they arrive. Injury issues clearing up as well. There's no Awobi because of Afcon. Davis, Alan, Delph, and Branthwaite are missing. Apart from that, it's a reasonably fit squad. That's pretty fit for the way it's been for Everton this season. For Villa, uh, great against Man United last week. As the longer the game went on, they've got a few maverick, creative talents in this team. Not just Coutinho, who showed some lovely touches. I'm not sure how influential he was on the game uh, per se, but he certainly showed some nice touches you know, was once the third most expensive player in the world. So he's more than good enough to come off the bench for Aston Villa, right? Uh, but I was a big fan of, of Carney Chukwomeka. I thought he was very good, the teenager who came on. Jacob Ramsey looked very good. Um, you know, that they've got players who are able to create Aston Villa. You combine that with Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins, play one, don't play them both. I think they can create chances. Defence looked reasonably strong as well. So I'd expect Aston Villa to score in this game. I think if you score two goals in this game, you win it. The most popular scoreline in football is 2-1. So that's what I'd be looking here. Both teams score and Villa win. But don't discount the draw. Double chance and Villa. 2-1 is my most likely outcome. Um, and I expect this to be an entertaining, thrilling game. But but Villa to shade it.
0: Everton, only six points away from the bottom three. Be careful. Toffees, uh, Flippy is going for corners here in the first half. Yeah. Um, Alvaro okay. Romeo
1: fan listening, is he? Exactly. Too, too exactly. complicated for us. Too complicated.
0: <laughs> he likes corners, Alvaro. And in Villa, Stone Villa, double chance in this case, and over 1.5 goals, where it's very difficult to put your money on Everton. Right now, we have to see some improvement with the new manager. Then we have Brentford Wolves, and mm. I was reading carefully your feet. And I saw you were saying that Wolves they can even challenge the top four, they can even qualify for the Champions League. Why not? Because they are very good recently. They beat Southampton finally, even scoring more than one goal, 10 points out of the last 12. And now they are visiting Brentford. That we are seeing how they play this dec- decently, but they are not getting the results. Their defeat in a row. That's why wolves are favorites to win this game.
1: Yeah. The thing with Brentford is they're only about 10 points away from safety at this point that they've got what, 23, I think 30 is the line, 33 to be sure. So they will make it. So they've got to get those points and then they can start thinking about next season, start planning for next season. Um, the injury issues there, you know, we talk about it a lot with Leeds and Leicester and one or two others, but, but Brentford has been a joke. It's been a joke how many players have been missing for them this season. Um, Doubts in this one about Matthias Jorgensen, about Josh De Silva, uh, Frank the Tank is at AFCON, David Raya is missing, you know, so every week there's seven or eight players out for Brentford, not a deep squad, so it's credit to them that they were able to knock Man United about on Wednesday night, and if they'd have taken their chances, they would have beaten Manchester United on Wednesday night, they're, they're a team with incredible motivation. Um, trouble is, they don't take their chances, that's something you could level at Wolverhampton Wanderers this season too. But against Southampton, they finally started taking chances. Adama Traore scored a goal at long last. If that guy could shoot, he'd be a phenomenon, uh, Adama Traore. Instead, he doesn't often shoot. And that's why he's always being talked about with a move elsewhere. Because Wolves would like someone with a better ratio of shots to goals. If they had someone like that, then I think uh, they, they, they could be a real threat. Look, I do think they can challenge the top four. It's an outside bet. Of course it is. But you look at a team who got 31 points, that's six behind West Ham, who are currently sitting in fourth, two games in hand on West Ham, and they've only conceded 15 goals all season. Look, 17 goals scored is not good enough, right? Fair enough. I think only Norwich have scored less than Wolverhampton Wanderers. But if they can get that right, and there's signs they got that right last week, not many are going to score against them. Romain Saiz comes back after AFCON, so I think just one more league game left until then. Very strong at the back very strong in midfield, adds goals to that, and who is going to beat them. I don't think Brentford are going to beat them. I think draw is the most likely outcome. I actually fancy draw and neither team scores in this game, but I would just go for Wolves if I had to pick a winner, but I would go low, low scoring. This game finishes either 1-0 or 0-0, and I would go just for Wolves
0: goalless draw you are seeing many draws in this match day we get a lot of money if we are right one every three draws we make profit so it's good perhaps also the next one Massive one for the relegation battle as well. Leeds-Newcastle, but if Leeds uh, win this one, they will be very, very close to stay one year more in the Premier League, especially after that victory against West Ham that uh, no one saw it coming with Harrison scoring a hat-trick. Let's see also no, if we see some improvement with Newcastle and the new signings they already played uh, in the yeah. last game against Watford, Booth, Trippier. Leeds' uh, favourites, the odds are very low, actually, for Leeds
1: here. I think this game is going to be chaos. Utter chaos. Because Leeds won last week because West Ham defended poorly. They took their chances when they came. And they have some really classy attacking players in in Rafinha and Jack Harrison. Um, But still defensively, so weak. Look, West Ham probably could have scored six. You know, so could Leeds, to be fair, in the game. But that late chance for Jared Bowen, the, the time West Ham got through and fluffed it, you know, 3-2 it finished, it could have been 5-5 five, five the game. So credit to Leeds for winning it. But I, I don't think you can get away with that every week in the Premier League. And for Newcastle, things are getting desperate. They're getting desperate. 20 games played. Just the one win all season long. Cambridge United have beaten as many Premier League teams as Newcastle have this season. (laughs) That Premier League team was Newcastle United. Last week, I think that they made a plan to play with Chris Wood, which I was delighted with. The amount of times that people buy a player and then play there how they used to play. You know, you buy Chris Wood, you're crossing the ball. And that's what they did. A lot. And he probably should have scored a couple of goals, Chris Wood, on debut last week against Watford. A couple of half-headers, half-chances. Uh, and I think they'll continue to do that. Ryan Fraser into Chris Wood will be the way they salvage this season, Newcastle, if they're going to do it. Um, Injury-wise for Leeds, still loads of players out. Liam Cooper, Calvin Phillips, Tyler Roberts, Joe Gellhart, Jamie Shackleton, Charlie Cresswell, um, Patrick Bamford. Might, might, might come back in for this one. Foreshaw might recover for this one for Newcastle. uh, Callum Wilson remains missing, which is the big story. But at the back, both teams will struggle. At the back, both teams look weak. At the back, you know, what's the worst thing Leeds do? They can't defend from set pieces. They can't defend from crosses. And Newcastle are going to cross the ball a lot to Chris Wood. So expect Chris Wood to score in this game. Expect there to be a headed goal in this game for Newcastle United. But with the defence that Newcastle have got, expect them to concede lots of goals. So go over 2.5 goals in this game. Maybe even go above 3.5. I expect goals. I expect 2-3, 3-3, high-scoring draw or just shade it for Leeds. But either way, go high-scoring and at least one-headed goal in this game going the way of Newcastle United.
0: Goals then in the Leeds-Newcastle. Tom, by the way, we have uh, on Thursday tonight an important game and Marco is asking for your help. Arsenal-Liverpool, what can you say about this semi-final?
1: Uh, this is so tough. I wish you didn't ask me. I think <laughs> that um, I think Arsenal, well-rested going into this game with a reasonably strong team, may well just shade it. They may well just shade it against the Liverpool team who are Sean of Salah, Sean of Mane, And I think this may well be a touch lower in the priority ranking uh, than the Premier League game this weekend. So, (sighs) I I actually think it will go the distance. I I would suggest that the the League Cup semi-final, second leg, will be a draw after 90, go to penalties. And I think that it will go Arsenal's way. But very tight, just shade for Arsenal.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Then on Saturday as well, going back to the Premier League, we have Man United, West Ham. Third time we see this game this season. West Ham, remember, actually in the League Cup, they were able to beat Man United. Uh, The odds are very low for Man United, around 2.0 despite the defeat against Leeds. It's not bad. uh, Also, we always put our money in Man United's rival and often we get money. Here is another good opportunity, actually.
1: Yeah, West Ham at around four to one seems crazy. That seems crazy to me. So that's mm-hmm. that's, that's worth a little punt of of anyone's money, just because it's it seems really long. Um, look, West Ham lost against Leeds because they've got defensive issues right now, but they've they've won three of the last five. You, you you incorporate the cup, it's four of the last six. They're not in bad form, West Ham. They're having a little wobble, but they don't have a deep squad, and if a couple of players get injured, they will start to struggle. But they score goals, West Ham. Um, they're one of three teams to score in every home game this season. I know it's a way, but just to highlight the point, they score goals with regularity in the Premier League from all sorts of different sources. Um, for Manchester United, they were very poor against Brentford in the first half. You know, it's funny, they were great in the first half against Villa, then faded, and it was almost a reverse performance against Brentford in midweek. They concede a lot of chances, Manchester United, and a team that can take them will punish them. Brentford should have been 2 0 up at least at half time on Wednesday in the second half man united took it away from them because they are more effective in front of goal fred to alanga was a brilliant goal um the greenwood goal set up by ronaldo and bruno fernandes was a superb goal and great to see marcus rashford um Sir Marcus scoring for the first time in a long time getting back to to some semblance of form would be fantastic for marcus rashford and manchester united one of their 500 left wingers incredible game this i'm surprised it's not on tv in the uk because Win for Man United, they go above West Ham. Results going their way, they go into fourth. Win for West Ham, up to 40 points, uh, and that puts them clear of Man United by five points in that race for the top four. Of course, Spurs, Arsenal and, and, and Wolves still very much in that mix as well, but it, it, it makes West Ham more look at chasing down Chelsea than defending from the rear for a little while, which is very, very interesting. Uh, for Man United, uh, wan remains out, though Diogo Delo inexplicably was man of the match. Uh, on Wednesday, but someone must have thought he played well. I thought he was useless. Uh, Jaden Sancho might well be missing this one as well. He was away for personal reasons. McTominay is a doubt following he picked up an injury on Wednesday. Cavani is a doubt as well, though, if Ronaldo's fit, of course he plays. For West Ham, talk of Sochek returning, which would be huge for West Ham. Rice and Sochek phenomenal together. Every other combination doesn't quite work. Uh, And there's talk of Kurt Zuma coming back as well. If Kurt Zuma and Angelo O'Bona were playing last week against Leeds, West Ham do not lose that game. So really interested to see if those two come back. Early in the season, Man United won at London Stadium, that late Mark Noble penalty in a game that was was really a drawn game in so many ways. But West Ham fluffed their lines at the vital moment in the cup. It was won by West Ham thanks to a Lanzini goal when United were at their nadir of the season under Ole Gunnar Saviour. There's two scorelines here that I'd be looking at. I, I wouldn't back Man United to win. They might, that might be the most likely outcome, but at 1.5, 1.8, 1.9, it's not worth your time. It, it's not worth your time. With, with, with odds that low, you need it to be a banker. And I don't see this as a banker. I think, as I always say to you, the Man United market is skewed because of just how many fans they have and just how many people back them on reputation alone. If you take a friend to the bookies at the weekend and they put a bet on, they'll go, Oh, Man United? If they know nothing about football, they'll do that. And that's why the Man United market always a bit a bit like this. Um, the draw at fours is good. West Ham to win at fours is good. This one is 2-1. Either way, both teams score. And personally, I quite fancy West Ham. I think Man United are the perfect opponent for a team like West Ham. Man United will try and impose themselves on the game. West Ham love it when you do that to them. And I think in Antonio, I think in... Um, in people like Vlasic and people like Jarrod Bowen, people like Pablo Fornells, the four-backs, Krasro and and Souffal. I think they've got the players that could break Man United down. But if Socek's not there, I might revise that. Good odds for
0: West Ham to win, 4.15. Flippy suggesting West Ham double chance. That pays around two. Also a good idea. Innocent is going for over 1.5 goals in the second half goals at Old Trafford. And Armin has a tricky question to you. <laughs> Tom, I don't know if you know anything about Wigan-Gillingham.
1: Uh, no, nothing. Sorry, I've got nothing for you on that. Okay. Couldn't, Sorry, tell you, couldn't tell the Armin. first thing.
0: Sorry, Armin. We tried. We tried. But uh, let's go back to Southampton, Man City. To be honest, it's a bit boring. <laughs> Talking about Man City, they yeah. always win. The title race is over. They keep winning, winning, winning. one nil against Chelsea. And the odds are always very low to back Man City. I guess at one point they might drop points. I'm not sure if it will be at San Maris or...
1: No, no you don't see it. Let's not waste our time too much here. Man City win. Man City win without conceding. Go for at least 2-0.
0: Okay, Man City to win to nil. Then let's jump to Sunday games. Oh my god, Man City very boring. Arsenal Burnley. This is a good one because will Burnley play a football game? Do you think so? <laughs> last time they played in the Premier League was the 2nd of January. Arsenal got called off uh, incredibly, actually. The North London Derby, it was a joke that they didn't play that game. Hopefully, we have a game on uh, Sunday. And uh, perhaps also Arsenal can be tired no? after the semifinals in the League Cup. And it could be a good opportunity for Burnley to get a point. Now, when they see the standings, they will see themselves bottom of the table.
1: They are bottom, Burnley, but they've only played 17 games compared to Norwich, who are in 18th place, who have played 21. So it's getting very skewed. Like, Burnley don't want any more games called off, right? I, I, you know, it's it's a bit of a joke that they've had so many called off because, you know, we're like, oh, maybe if they don't play again this season, no one will notice them and they'll get to stay in the Premier League by default next year, right? You know, it's a good <laughs> joke, but I think Burnley are desperate to play football. They're desperate for games. They're desperate to, to get themselves out of this position. The lack of playing games is one of the reasons why they're bottom of the table right now. Three games left, in Newcastle, were are just above them. Uh, for Arsenal, we're recording this, of course, before the, the Carabao Cup game, so it's tough to know who is available and who's not. COVID is all very secretive. We know that Martin Ødegaard had it, um, but we don't know about any other players. Um, what's interesting about this is that Thomas Partey had his best game for Arsenal against Manchester City. He then went off to AFCON, but his nation are already out. So he's on a plane back to England today and he could play in this game on Sunday incredibly. So he's gone to AFCON and hasn't missed a single league game for Arsenal, which is incredible. Um, So he could come back in, which could be crucial, vital uh, for Arsenal in midfield because he is their best midfielder and just came off the back of his best game. Uh, There's hope that Tommy might come back in as well, which which gives Arsenal's defence balance again. There's hope that Emil Smith-Rowe will come in, which is crucial if Erdegaard is missing. Uh, and if that's the case, it's it's pretty much Arsenal's strongest team available in this game, which could make a massive difference. For Burnley, COVID has been rampant. Their actual players have actually had COVID, uh, unlike Arsenal, which was COVID and injuries. So we just don't know who's going to be available to them. I don't believe that Max Cornell will be back, which is a real shame. Chris Wood's been sold and no one has come in to replace him as yet. And it shows how little Burnley were prepared to sell Chris Wood. There was talk to Andy Carroll... Might be the person they come, they bring in to oh replace God. him, whose short-term contract is just wrapping up uh, at Reading. Look, you can't back Burnley. I wouldn't back Burnley. One win all season tells us we shouldn't, and I would go for your standard Arsenal scoreline. At half time, it will be level. At full time, Arsenal will win. That's my <laughs> my bet for this one.
0: Arsenal, half-time draw, then full-time Arsenal. Uh, the victory only pays 1.45, so we have to be a little bit creative if we want to get decent money. Innocent is going all the way around, actually. First half win for Arsenal, going to, uh, with strength into the game. Then in Selhus part, we have Crystal Palace. Liverpool has been a while, actually, without seeing Palace beating a good team in the Premier League because only one victory in the last five games and was against uh, Norwich. Perhaps now they have a chance against this Liverpool that, as you are mentioning, they have many absentees, although they made the job in the weekend at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, Crystal Palace have been so good this season. I've been so impressed with them so many times. Um, defensively, pretty sound with Anderson and Gay. I think Goitu is a very good goalkeeper. Uh, midfield, good protection in front of the back four. And offensively, they've got so many players who can create. Zahar is missing, but they've not missed him because Michael Alise has got fit and has come to the fore. Uh, And I think he's a very, very talented player. And I think he can really rip the Premier League up over the next 18 months, two years or so, Michael Alise. Looks at an incredible talent, a guy who can beat three or four players on his own, which is so rare and so valuable uh, at any level of football. For Liverpool... No Salah, no Mane. First time, I think, in five or six years they went into a a game last weekend without one of those two players, at least, in the starting eleven. but didn't really make a great deal of difference. They won comfortably in the end. It's going to be a big test, this one. A big test, this one. I think that it's a big test for Virgil van Dijk. It's a big test for Joel Matip. It's a big test for Alexander-Arnold defensively against and, and and Roberts on the other side as well. The midfield continues to look a bit empty. For Liverpool, Slade-Chamberlain is a doubt for this one. Can Jordan Henderson play again? Uh, Played a lot of football this season. So there is a few issues for Liverpool. And they have struggled at Selhurst Park in recent years as well. Cristian Bull is a night that will live long in the memory and continues to live long in the memory for a lot of Crystal Palace fans, certainly. And it's a tough place to go if Palace have their tails up this season. But it's tough. this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I would always shave for Liverpool because of just how many games they win this season. Uh, 13 victories, six draws and and two defeats. But the draw is interesting here. The Mm -hmm. draw is interesting at four and a half. That is a really, really good number because Crystal Palace can score goals. Crystal Palace can score well. And if Liverpool start flagging, they can't give the ball to Salah and hope for some magic. As decent as the replacements are, they're not the calibre of Mo Salah. So double chance it here with draw and Liverpool. I expect both teams to score in this game and look out for Liverpool uh, from set pieces as well. One of the best at set pieces in the entire Premier League. Alexander-Arnold's deliveries are fantastic uh, and they score from corners with regularity and in tight games they rely on it, they look to win them and they do score from them. So that's what I'd suggest. 2.6,
0: 2.6, the double chance for Crystal Palace is also interesting if you think uh, Liverpool will drop points at uh, Selhus Park. Then we have another interesting game here, Leicester City-Brighton, what a game you mentioned before, we watched against Tottenham, they took the lead twice, probably undeservedly because Tottenham, they had so many chances, it was crazy that they didn't score, and They lost again at the end in the injury time. Leicester City for Brighton. Another draw, as we always tip. Draw, draw, draw. Two in a row. 11 draws this season. And if we check the odds, actually, again, the draw seems very likely.
1: Uh, Yes, and the draw is three and a half-ish. Go the draw. I mean, take that now. Because Brighton are going to draw this game. Brighton are going to draw most of their games this season. Three 1-1 draws in their last five games. If only they played like they do at 1-0 down, at 1-1, they might win more matches, Brighton, because at, at at 1-0 down, they're a phenomenon going forward. At 1-1, they get very, very cautious. Something has to get them over the line in game. So go draw here, go both teams score. And frankly, I don't ever say do correct score. Do 1-1. <laughs> you should do 1-1 while this run is happening, because it will happen with regularity. Uh, briefly on lestie as you say, they were poor against Tottenham. We should have won. Comfortably, it was a good smash and grab. Good to see Pat Zendaka scoring. He has to continue to deputize for Jamie Vardy, who's out until March with his injury. So someone finally has to step into that Jamie Vardy-sized hole in this team. For Brighton, they defend really, really well, even though they've been missing Lewis Duncan and Shane Duffy for an extended period of time. They're an incredibly well-organized team. And how do you come back from a result like that? I mean, look at those minutes. Look at those score times. How do you bounce back from that? It's devastating. Footballers always say, you just want to get to another game immediately. That may be true for them. Fans would love to have had a couple of weeks away from football following the game. Uh, And you can expect if Brighton score, the atmosphere to be very negative and very nervy and and not particularly supportive of of their team. So, look, it's going to be a draw. I would go draw both teams to score, and I might even just shade for Brighton if I had to pick a winner.
0: Um, Both teams to score is 1.8. To be honest, the draw always plays well in every single game in football. And we are winning a lot of bets with Brighton. So why not going again for it? 3.55 right now on Otspedia. And we saw a thrilling game, Leicester-Tottenham. So let's talk a little bit about Tottenham. Probably they are not uh, playing well. But here they are. They are fifth with 36 points, only one point away from Champions League spots, three games less. So praise to Conte, although again, probably they are not playing as good as we uh, expect from from a great uh, group of players. And now they are facing Chelsea. You mentioned many, many months ago, no Lukaku, no party. And we should be sceptical about this Chelsea, I guess. But the thing is that we saw this game twice uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, and Chelsea both uh, won both.
1: They did. Uh, you know, Chelsea haven't played particularly well for a long time now. Three draws and, and one defeat in their last four. It's cost them the title race. It's cost Thomas Tuchel a lot of his reputation. Some of the performances are very, very poor. His decision to drop Lukaku in the biggest game of the season at home against against Liverpool, didn't pay off for him. And I think Lukaku has to go. Like, he has to leave. They've, they've got to find a buyer for him. It's, it's not going to work. And to dump Tuckle in favour of the player, as is usually the Chelsea way, would be a mistake, I think, because Tuchel has proven that he is a, a manager capable of winning things, but they've signed him a striker that doesn't work in England. It's not going to work for, for Lukaku in England. The Premier League is a, a league of short, continual sprinting not continual movement like Seri R, but no one really gets the top whack. It's why it's perfect for him because it's about being explosive in the Premier League. And Nakaku just isn't. He just isn't explosive. He's a bit of a meanderer, a wanderer. His top speed, his top power doesn't really compare to similar players. Miko Antonio, Harry Kane, he hasn't got what they got. And so I think that was a mistake signing and that may well have cost him the league in the way that he could have won in the league if it worked out. Um Defensive issues continue. There's there's a possibility Chalabert might return, but with Mendy missing and Chilwell and James missing, they're crucial components. You know, we talk about teams missing players and, you know, they've got loads of money, but the team is built around Chilwell and Reese James and the goalkeeper makes saves. And without them, they look worse. You know, hey-ho. Football's very simple sometimes. Um, for Tottenham, if you're looking for a team to finish fourth right now, that's who I'd go for. That's Ooh. who I'd go for because... Um, the, the Antonio Conte factor. Have they played well under him? No. But have they lost in the Premier League? No. You know, it's going to be very, very tough. They were 2-1 they were down in the 94th minute and still found a way to win. That's Conte. That's his mm. spirit and his training and his cut-and-thrust style, which which got them the victory against Leicester on, on Wednesday, as well as, you know, the work of Stephen Bergwijn and Harry Kane. And Kane scoring again, which is a real danger. Red goal. Great goal, absolutely. Uh, The thing is with this, which throws a spanner in the works, is that it's the biggest game of the season for both teams. The biggest game of the season. If Chelsea lose this, it becomes defend from the rear. Right now, Chelsea have played uh, 23 and Tottenham have played 19. Win all their games in hand and beat Chelsea. And Chelsea will be potentially not just out of third, but with the form of West Ham, the threat of Man United and Arsenal, They could be out of the Champions League places. Mm -hmm. A title battle changes to a battle to finish in the top four. So it's a huge, huge game. What would I tip? Well, of course, I'll tip draw. Of course, I'm going to tip a draw in this game because so often these games finish that way. So many Chelsea games are finishing that way. Again, 1-1 would be my most likely scoreline. And I, I wouldn't change that. A draw both teams score. I wouldn't pick either as a winner in this game. I'm not sure either is good enough to win it.
0: Very tough actually, and uh, for sure, the Chelsea odds are too low because uh, none of us uh, see them that favourites. Sifel is going for a Spurs win. Innocent or Suleiman think that uh, Chelsea will win. Actually, Suleiman. Chelsea to a score in both halves. This gives you better odds. Uh, Marco, half-time, full-time draw. If you go for a double chance for Tottenham, 2.34. So the value for sure is in with Tottenham. But uh, recently Chelsea won both legs in the mm-hmm. League Cup semifinals. Then this is it. Uh, Armin is asking about Chelsea Lille. We have time... Off to analyse the Champions League uh, last 16 round because actually Lille is getting better and Chelsea is getting worse. So be careful with that. Uh, Tom, this is it. Then we have now international break. Uh, let's finish with your ACA for the weekend.
1: Well, a couple of obvious ones being Man City win, sure, and Liverpool win. That just gets you on the board, though Liverpool slightly better odds than they usually are this week. But you triple that up with a Brighton draw at Leicester. That brings you in around seven to eight to one which is not too shabby. The the Brighton draws are making people money right now.
0: Okay, three games. Man City to win, Liverpool to win. And the draw, Tom. Thank you. We will spend a couple of weeks without seeing each other, without a Premier League video, what to do. But it's life continues, life goes on. And we have to overcome these difficult moments.
1: Yes, I won't miss you. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye.